Jedi, you should have seen Joe the other day, all controversial on his Facebook, fighting with people. <laughs> you call the guy a bigot. Who is the Are guy you, you called serious? a bigot? <laughs> to be fair, that guy left a comment and then blocked me. Yeah. And so that's why I I don't know anything about that guy at all. Oh. I don't know I don't know who that person is. Everyone else on that thread, I did. I don't know who that person was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I've obviously seen people commenting, but whatever, Fox News got sued for like $800 million and Joe made a post about it, and everyone was in the post fighting. And you even said, Joe, this is nothing endorsing like the left. It's just yes. saying, which I get. I said Fox has zero credibility, and they lied about something really big, and it led to an insurrection. And we now see the whole time they knew they were pushing a lie. That's bad. That's really bad. That doesn't, again, if the CNN, I don't, that's not what I'm saying. CNN has very low credibility. You know, they launched that, that uh, streaming app and it failed miserably. Their ratings are not doing well. So credibility is important when it comes to news. And it's foolish for anyone to, to deflect the argument on this. It, this is a bad thing that Fox did. And they Joe, got busted. Yeah, across the board. That's if you don't if you don't like what the person's saying, you deflect. Like right. no matter what side, it doesn't matter. What aboutism is such an idiotic argument to me? Like <laughs> I, I'm I'm in the middle. So if you're like, well, you want to put Trump in jail, put Hillary in jail. Yeah, great. I don't care. Why would I yeah. care? I want to put Obama in jail, and and Biden, whatever. If people do things that are wrong. I don't care what the letter is, that little letter in the per I don't care. We we have to come to a point, though, where we're all living in the same reality. One of the more disappointing things in there, Todd, one of my buddies said. The news is just people's opinions. There's no such thing as facts. <laughs> wow, that's sad. Right. That's sad. That's not true. And I, you know, it's one thing when we're talking about a bias, right? We understand CNN's got a liberal bias and Fox has a conservative bias. And you're going to see things as expected through that lens. And it's going to be presented to an audience of those folks because people want to live in a bubble and they just want to hear uh, exactly what they think is happening. And so that's what you get. Yeah. But this is bad. You you can't lie to people. I've I've said for years, Todd, MSNBC, huge credibility issue because Brian Williams works there. They suspended Brian Williams for six months after he lied about what happened in front of him that he actually witnessed in New Orleans. And then he was back six months later telling you what's going on. And it's like, mm, yeah, I don't know. But there's nowhere to turn to now. You know, all these news outlets, there's no credibility to anything. So so what do you do for factual information? Well, listen, I think if you're Fox News, you tap the brakes. I think you take this head on. You admit that you were going along with something idiotic for the ratings. You didn't want to upset your own listeners, so you encourage them to continue to believe something that was false. And then 
if the Republican Party continues the way things are going right now, you move away from Donald Trump. You definitely move the hell away from Ron DeSantis. You get on the same page as the rest of America. No more alternative facts. And it's a reset. It, this is a good time for them to all reset and get back to reality because it, it, the, the, the part that sucks, Todd, is like they had to admit in court that something they were saying for months on end, they knowing like the emails are there. The depositions were horrible. And so I, I had a nice comment I'd like to share. I said Fox News has less credibility than George Santos sharing his family's experiences in the Holocaust while talking live to Brian Williams reporting from New Orleans. <laughs> That's, That's where funny. you're at. That's Is right. That? That's where we're at right now. So again, it's like, dude, let's let's snap to it. Let's get let's get back to reality. You can still be a conservative and have conservative views, but we can't be making stuff up. That's not how this works. It's not good for anybody. And today's the day to like let's move forward. The the Brian Williamson cracked me up because is it that hard to get another reporter? Like you have to bring him back on. Dude, it's stunning when you when you look at the news, right? Like all the good ones, the Tom Brokaws, the they're all gone. There's nobody left. You know? They it's mostly young, attractive people who will work for like 26K. Like that's <laughs> that's who's in Washington, DC right now covering politics. Most reporters live in the crappiest, smallest dilapidated apartments in the capital they're the poorest people there <laughs> these their whole lives to try to tell you what's going on and again it's unfortunate that there's a handful of people who think it's okay to lie and and in some ways donald trump made it feel like when he says things we know aren't true is it lying if we're just gonna agreeing with what that lunatic says so i mean these people go to school to be a reporter now when they get to the big time is the network the ones telling them to lie that is giving them the stuff to talk about so i gotta tell you again i teach media uh to to young broadcasters and that's the first thing i tell. like there's no talking points right you know right now i do work for a conservative radio station and I spew the things that I say on here on there. Mm. And it's a very upsetting to the audience at times. They they're resistant. They call for my head and I, I remind them I didn't apply for a job here. These guys called me. Yeah. So no one's, <laughs> no one's getting fired. You're right. Flip the station or listen up and, and, uh, and, and expect, to be uncomfortable for a couple hours because that's what's going to happen. And that's okay. I try to be factual. I try to explain things. I bring on experts who can also explain things. And slowly but surely, my audience by the end of the week or the couple of weeks, whenever, when I fell in, they're like, hey, this has been great, man. Like, it's, it's enlightened. Good to hear the other side here to get, get some different perspective. It, they're so resistant at first. They eventually are like, all right, no one, somebody, somebody said, 
somebody I know's husband who didn't know she knew me heard me on the radio a few weeks back and said, I can't believe they had a person on a conservative station saying the stuff this guy was saying. I didn't think that was allowed. You're not going to find a lot of program directors, Todd, on conservative stations that are like, oh, a liberal, huh? Yeah, come on there and spew your nonsense. Right. So you're going to mostly get the echo chamber. But there's, it's not, like there, it's not like anybody tells you what to say. And that's what makes this situation with Fox uniquely different. And it, re- again, hurts the credibility of media. There's no talking points. The stuff that we talk about, we make up. And there's no restrictions. Um. Yeah, if you were on Fox That's how News, it is. if you were on Fox News, they'd be yelling, cut the commercial, get them off yeah. the air. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a shame, right? I mean, like like Fox News in a million years wouldn't wouldn't let me have a show there. They wouldn't do it. But it should be like you're saying. I would love to see a conservative or, or vice versa say something like, oh, we screwed up or anything like that. It doesn't happen. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Bill Maher is becoming everybody's hero. Because Bill Maher calls out this stuff on the left. He still thinks the people on the right are idiots, and the people on the right seem to forget that, you know? But you're supposed to call out nonsense on your own side. It makes it incredible. Of course it does. And, again, when I'm doing that stuff, that's what I'm all about. I'm trying to be credible. And I, if I want to criticize Donald Trump and the way he handled immigration, and I'm like, Biden's doing a great job, well, I would look like a fool. But I instead played a clip of Ronald Reagan in 1980 saying a wall was stupid and that we'd had an immigration problem for 40 years in 1980. So this is on a lot of presidents. This is a a problem we've never fixed going back to the 40s, according to Ronald Reagan. So you got to call that on both sides. I said Kamala Harris was an idiot for saying that there was no crisis at the border. What are you, a moron? (laughs) I know people blame it on the person they hate the most. Of course we do. Like, I, listen, again, is is inflation Joe Biden's fault? No. Is he responsible? Partially. Is he in charge of our economy? Yes. Does it fall on his shoulders? Yes. Does he share the responsibility? Yes. Is Donald Trump also to blame? Yes. Is the Republican majority that was in Congress? Yes. Everybody shares the blame. But again, it's a worldwide problem. Joe Biden didn't cause it. Donald Trump didn't cause it. But they all added to it and made it possible. Speaking of worldwide problems, perfect segue, Joe, for the show we're about to do. What's up, Marks, Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond? Jedi Todd and producer Joe back here again. Everyone has a soft spot for the homeless, right? But what happens when the homeless wants your home? Bleeding hearts definitely dry up because um, that's another story, right? 
squatters. What's up with that, Todd? Jenna, I talked to someone recently that was in, uh, I think it was either Oregon or Washington, and he said he was driving down the highway. He said like 10, 10 tents deep on each side of the highway, just homeless people. It's like miles and miles long. It's crazy. Um, but so, Jedi, squatters, uh, do you have a definition for squatters, what it is? Yeah, someone who unlawfully occupies an uninhibited building or home. So the dif difference between squatters and homeless, squatters have a place that they're living in. Homeless do not, right? Yeah. It, Jedi, when I looked up squatters, I thought I was going to see something like there are 100,000 squatters. Did you see how many there are? 10% in the world yeah. are squatters. A billion. of the population of the world are squatters. No way. Who? Yes. What? Well, because <laughs> no the, way. Problem, the problem is you're counting like India, Hong, I mean, those numbers. So it's kind of, it's 10%, but I mean, it's probably like Worldwide. a half a million people there. Hong Kong, uh, was it Hong Kong, Africa, and Syria. India a huge problem. Yeah, Syria. So this a is huge... a bigger problem around the world, a, a much bigger problem than I'm sure we all think. Oh, yeah, yeah, much, much bigger yeah. problem. Yeah, so Jedi, could you, I mean, I think we both agree there's a major difference between a homeless person sneaking into like a municipal building and sleeping than an able-bodied person that's moving into your house. <laughs> there have been people, Joe, that have like gone out for the weekend or something and come home and there's locks on the doors and someone's in there and you can't get them out. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a whole process for squatting. I'm a, I'm a real estate agent and have been in homes where I have opened up the door to homes that have been on the market for a long time and you open up the door to the garage and there is a burn barrel and clearly somebody living uh in 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 the garage i've i've seen that more than a few times i just saw that one more time recently too uh evidence of people staying in the house that's crazy and you're not like a full-time you don't right. do this all the time no right yeah i mean dude figure i go out probably show in a in a year probably about 40 houses yeah right you know it's not a ton not not zero, but it's you know, and I've I've definitely come across that, especially in um nicer suburb. Like there was um a stretch of houses in North Haven, Connecticut, which is a suburb of New Haven, and uh, there were a row of houses that had um like McMansions built, and before they hit the market, the uh, there was a storm, pipes all froze. And it buckled all the floors. And so the houses were sort of sitting there somewhere between condemned and a fortune to fix. What are we doing with this? And I brought a guy in there who's looking to try to buy him on the cheap. And we went in there. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. And literally walked into the garage of this house. And there was, a, it, it was like, oh my God, it's like somebody here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was uh, that was a weird thing. And, and again, you know, it's it's happened a few more times over the years. But, yeah, it's it's their squatters are homeless people with ambition. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, 
basically uh trespassing is just if you just go into a place and whatever squatting is basically trespassing but you have the intent of owning it at some point that's crazy yeah like it's, it's if you if you dare to live here long enough get out yeah. of it cheers yeah yeah just take, really. just take the goddamn place well it's crazy right i i i I think people know by now, I don't know anything about what we're doing until like moments before we go on here. Um, so I, I don't know the numbers. It, it, you, you know, you sort of alluded to it. it. It's a bigger thing than we think it is. Even in this country. Like I, I understand in India, I'm sure it's insane. Right. There's plenty of stories. Uh, I remember one, I want to say, but the guy was in West Virginia. Some guy had moved into somebody's cabin and occupied it for several years then got busted uh and sued and they were like well it's his place he's been maintaining it so let him go and he got the place back and i thought wow like yeah. rights are insane in, in many cases todd i feel like they you know it's like they that's a law that needs to be updated Right. Well, so that's a, they have adverse possession. That's how they're getting it. Right. There you go. That's the term, adverse possession. Thank <laughs> well, you. That's that's going to be in my real estate test this year when I <laughs> renew my license. Time, this might be a good time to play like the the shorter of the two clips I sent you, Joe, um, talking about uh, what is it called? This, the foreclosures. There's so many. So many foreclosures that there's been a loss of control of property. Incredibly, the squatter filed legal papers citing adverse possession, an obscure 19th century state law that allows someone to claim an empty property by occupying it for seven years. So you've seen, I played a board game before and it was all those crazy laws. And, and I looked up a crazy law for each of our states. In Massachusetts, in Holyoke, it's illegal to mow your lawn in the rain. In Hawaii... <laughs> In Hawaii, it's illegal to put coins in your ears. And in Connecticut, Joe, it's illegal to call a pickle a pickle unless it bounces. So is there a way we can just wipe, like, any type, like, one law across the board, like, any of these crazy old laws just does not exist anymore? That's a great idea. Yeah, Thank fabulous. you for tapping into that little trivia. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> I know that. I know about the pickle law in Connecticut. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I do. It's it is uh and again, here's what what people should understand too is generally if there's a law about something it's because something really specific happened and resulted in a law being put into place to prevent whatever happened from ever happening again. Right. So I think the pickle thing was maybe to protect people that were buying pickles to make sure they were fermented enough or something like that. No, we uh, take yeah. our pickles serious around here. <laughs> but it's so funny how they have these dumb laws and they just, for some reason, just fall through the wayside and they never, ever get updated or removed or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I can see if millions of houses are under foreclosure, you can't possibly keep up with all of them. And people just move in. And Joe, I'm kind of surprised with all the loopholes I find that I might start doing this. Dude, you'd be good at it. Todd would figure out a way to do it like wholesale. He'd be teaching seminars. You want to become a squatter and own a home in seven years? Follow these quick steps on Craigslist. We're going to do this. 
Well, there's <laughs> organized criminals who research this information, scarring foreclosures and, you know, what, obituaries. So they find this information out, which which homes are available. I mean, it makes you think twice about putting your obituary in the newspaper, right? That's crazy. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, dude, right? Think about this, Jedi. Like, that's brilliant. Say you look in the obituary and some, like, 90-year-old guy dies. Exactly. And he's got, like, no surviving relatives, right? And he's he's uh, he used to spend a lot of time at his cabin in Vermont. And you're like, well, I'm moving. And you just got to sit there for seven years until it runs through probate and somebody steps up. Like, what are we going to do with this property? Next thing you know, you're like, nah, mine. Yeah. And with social media makes it so much more easier to clock what you own, what a person owns and has. Now, it's between seven and 20 years you have to live there. Um, I looked up our states. Jedi, Hawaii, Mass is 20. Connecticut's 15. I'm surprised Mass isn't like it is six months or something. <laughs> they just yeah, let you right. move in. Massachusetts would like change the law to six months if they could <laughs> at this point. I love telling people like um, when I went to Atlanta for training for my job, everybody's like going to happy hour, right? And whenever I tell people that there's no happy hour in Massachusetts, they're like, what do you mean? That, that's been gone for about 30 years. I mean, I kind of think it makes sense, to be honest with you. As much as I would love happy hour, people going around getting drunk and driving. People still get drunk, though, at that time in Massachusetts. <laughs> they, just, they just don't call it that, but it still happens. Um, so, Joe, this goes back to medieval times and even more. Peasants would be seeking escape from their tax burden, and they would just build a house on an own property and they would acquire it by assumption, which was a common practice back then. So it goes back forever ago. There's tons of stories on this. Yeah, again, right? I mean, if you're a poor person and you have just the slightest bit of building material and you can go out into the middle of nowhere, why not? Uh, why not just throw up a little uh you just need a roof a couple of walls you're you're done yeah especially yeah, if you're living you near, especially you're living near where jedi is you don't have to worry about too much cold oh yeah, yeah. Oh. well people sell uh, send their estates send their homeless here well it's a good yeah. place to be homeless <laughs> yeah exactly i mean we that's why we have such a huge they already won't problem. be able we know they won't be able to afford stuff you know, they yeah, can't, exactly. so you might as well, hey, it's nice there. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible. Is the homeless population crazy there, Jedi? It's really bad, and they don't want to stay in the shelters because in the shelters there's regulation. You know, they want some of them want to still do their drugs. They want to come and go, and they just don't like living in shelters. A lot of people, you know, say that as well. They just want to be free. If you're choosing to be homeless, you just want no right. <laughs> ties. Yeah, to right. That's the thing, Todd. It's like if you're homeless in Hawaii, it's almost like, you know, it's like the best place to do it. Yeah. Well, that kind of so cracks be outside. Like that's great. That cracks me up. What Jedi was saying, Jedi. So you're homeless. This shelter will take you in. They'll feed you, and you're like, oh, I'm not doing a curfew. I'll just stay exactly, homeless. exactly. 
that's how a lot of people feel because you know they want to be free the thing is i don't feel bad though jedi when i see like uh, i mean in recent in recent days we've seen people are crazy about their land you work hard for your land and joe that stories about people like knocking on doors but Yikes. I can totally see if you leave your house or something and someone you go back and there's a lock on it. I don't feel bad when those people get shot at all. It's like, yeah. it's like what, what are you doing? You can't do that. And that's actually the main reason squatters rights even exist for vigilante justice. Vigilante that's justice. Right. That's the yeah. whole reason that squatters rights even exist. Yeah. Because you can see that. Nice. I mean, it's so crazy how protected they are to me, Jedi. I know, right? That's why I'm like, why Why do people work hard? Just go to the Hamptons, to these people's rich, you know, summer villas or whatever, and take over. <laughs> Jedi, don't, don't you, aren't you under the impression that, like, getting a squad out is like walking on eggshells? Well, there is a whole legal process, and police can't do anything. They can't do anything. You know, it's funny because... Like squatters' rights and like the liberal view on homeless have nothing to do with each other, but it certainly seems like those <laughs> things, you know what I mean? Like, it, right, it, it, I could see where somebody could sort of put one on one together and come up with two. Um, yeah, but at I the don't... same time, you know, you're you're you want to save the homeless, you want to help people, right? But there's those course. rich people who don't want, you know, these home these uh, affordable ha- housing built next to their property, right? Seth and Aisha Curry, remember that whole deal? They actually wrote a letter <laughs> saying that they were concerned about privacy and safety, about town affordable townhomes being built in their neighborhood. It's a big issue here in Connecticut, and I've done a lot of stuff on that, particularly about Democrats in liberal cities who are always talking about people building affordable housing and that it never seems to pass because inevitably, Todd, what happens is, say, the three of us are the liberal town council members and there's three good parts of town. Yeah, you're you don't want it in your part. Jedi doesn't want it on her part. And I'm like, hell no. <laughs> uh, and those things end up never happening or they end up happening in another town uh, or in a less desirable area because not in my backyard. That's a that's a big thing when it comes to affordable housing. Joe, the same thing, which was I still think is one of the funniest things when DeSantis send all those immigrants to the vineyard and the vineyard's like, oh, wait a minute. We want to help these people, but not here. <laughs> Get these people away. Yeah. So fact check. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, um, what what actually has so here's the other thing. Uh Martha's Vineyard's not a sanctuary city. I mean, Massachusetts is a sanctuary state, and the people who live there certainly are liberals, right? But they don't, especially at that time, they don't have the resources to help anybody. Most of the people that are living in Martha's Vineyard at that time of the year are the poor people who just live there year round, the beach bums uh, who, you know, they wait tables all summer, make a ton of money, and then they just do drugs all through the fall and winter till everybody comes back. So that's who was actually at Martha's Vineyard when that happened. And what they ended up doing is busing the people to Boston, yeah, which right. is a sanctuary city and which has the resources to actually help people. 
And so, you know, it, it was funny to sort of paint the picture of them all getting bust out immediately the next day, but it was, they got a, they got fed that night. They got, they got a, a place to stay and then they got bust to a, a something more permanent the next day. <laughs> Jedi, have you seen the show Netflix show worst roommate ever? No, I have not. So there's there's a couple episodes about this guy who answered a Craigslist ad. I mean, this is how careful you have to be. You you put a Craigslist ad, Jedi, and I answer it and I want to live with you. I can immediately be like, okay, I live here, but you just did something that like broke our contract and now you're stuck with this person and they're not paying any bills or anything like that. Like there are so many things that people take advantage of in the laws. I mean, you gotta kinda give them some props, but it is pretty despicable, these squatters. Jedi, did you hear the oxymoron that Todd said there? <laughs> yeah. You have to use safety when you're on Craigslist. Like, yeah. No such thing. Why go on What there? are you talking about? Yeah. Craigslist killer. Yeah. If you're on Craigslist, it's buyer beware. You got to know that. Like your chance, if you're engaging in business on Craigslist, there's an 8% chance you're going to die. Or get raped before uh, the transaction is up. Joe, it's like so funny you said that because obvious I use Craigslist for like my UPS marketing. I tell people all the time, Craigslist comes with a negative connotation, but I I have so much success with it for the things I do. Now, my other business, people are paying for ads on ZipRecruiter and Indeed, and they're like, it is a nightmare. It's a scam. Like everything is like you pay like $300 for one ad, Joe, and then all this like a la carte stuff on top. So these people are hiring like one employee and they're paying like four or $500 for an ad. I still tell people, I post an ad in Boston for Craigslist, 25 bucks, and I only hire school teachers, certified teachers. So what does it matter if a certified teacher messages me on Craigslist or ZipRecruiter? Indeed, you're getting a teacher either way. People yeah, use but, Craigslist though. Yeah, but uh, the teachers on Craigslist um, are probably pedophiles. <laughs> this is the that's the only problem. It's the only downside to what you're doing is the pedophiles. That's where they're looking to meet children. Oh my god! Well, is that why the Craigslist people? I can't have them do Corey checks. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. By the way, uh, I'm just kidding. And I will say this. You know what, Todd. And right again, this is this is what people need to understand about perspectives. Todd uses Craigslist a lot. A lot of people stopped using Craigslist when the Craigslist killer happened. Todd doubled down and he's doing <laughs> he's doing wonders with it. So you don't blame the guy. Again, he knows what he's risking by using it. Um but no, it is. It it is. I'm just joking. It is a very resourceful tool, and I'm I'm just joking. <laughs> Craigslist, please don't sue us. <laughs> I don't know. Us. I don't know if you have a pedophile problem. I'm just <laughs> joking. So, Jenna, one thing I was trying to look up is if you can get. Uh, I wonder if Section Eight has anything to do with squatting. Like, can you get kicked out of Section Eight living? I think you need to, I mean, even for Section 8, there are guidelines that you have to follow. Like, they, they periodically check how you're keeping the home. And plus, you know, you're getting subsidized by the state or city or whatever. And so you can't really do wrong or else you're not going to get the help, right? 
I'll tell you something about Section 8, because I've actually talked to a couple of reporters who did some in-depth work in Connecticut, because we have uh, 97% vacancy in Connecticut. There is slim pickings. And Section 8 vouchers are a godsend to the poor people. But most of the time, Todd, the it's not enough. Like in, in most time, and you can't cross over. You can't take your voucher and go to a different town. If it's issued in your poor town, you have to do it in your poor town. And if there's nothing available, when your voucher expires in six months, you're out. Wait, wait, you mean 97% non-vacancy, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... um. I don't. I still don't really understand Section Eight. I can see if you're disabled or something, but what if you're like a person that can work? How does that work? I, I don't understand Section Eight because I know people who live Section Eight and they're just seem it's like a, me and you. It's regarding the federal income level, and so yeah, you have to be like level. you have to be working poor, Todd. Like you're you're probably making like eight bucks an hour. You're working fifty hours a week, and you can't afford shit because you have three kids and an ex-wife. And another kid. I mean, how the how do you qualify for Section Eight? Because can't the judge or whatever just be like, "Oh, well, there's open jobs." I mean, right now there's more jobs than ever. Yeah, you no, apply. you have you have to work. You have to be working yeah. to apply for Section Eight. It's a oh. it's a subsidy. Like they're they're giving you money. Basically, this is the deal, and and it's a good deal. And most landlords that you talk to are like, "Hey, I would take it." It's a pain in the ass. And it takes months to get everything processed, unfortunately. And there's and so a, a lot of a lot of the times they'll take someone Section Eight, and months go by, and it's like uh, I, I can't. I you know, the more I'm waiting, it's more money I'm not getting. It's like costing me more money to to be nice and do Section Eight, because the cool thing is, Todd, uh, as the landlord, you're the rent's guaranteed to be paid. So government's going to pay it. Why do you care who's paying the rent as long as it gets paid? That's what landlords should be focused on. And most of them are. They're cool with it, but it's such a pain in the ass. If they made the process easier, there would probably be a lot less poor and homeless people. Yeah, you know what's funny? You said North Haven, Joe. Uh, Jedi, where we live, it's, it's just so crazy. So you get North Haven, pretty nice. Joe, you get New Haven, which horrible and nice. Yeah. And then I was driving, I got to East Haven, and I saw people pushing grocery carriages. Yeah. <laughs> grocery carts across the street with all their belongings. The the havens of Connecticut have a lot of personality. Yeah. Joe, New it Haven, does. there's beautiful areas of New Haven. If you go to downtown New Haven, there's about 12 streets downtown that are like it beautiful architecture and you could walk the green and stuff. If you go outside that zone, you'll get murdered. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Joe, Boston, it's like Southie, no black people going, it's all white. Roxbury, a couple miles away, no white people, all black. It's it's bizarre. Like some of these places. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this country is not segregated at all. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I want to play because this is like one of my favorite clips from the Howard Stern show. Like I, I, I was always been a super fan. This clip is over an hour long, but we cut like a minute and a half. Now, Stuttering John lived in a place, Joe, 
And he told two of his friends from the Stern Show, Grillo and um, Ganji, oh, you can live with me, but when it's time for me to go, you guys have to go. Now, Stutter and John has to go, and they're not going anywhere. I believe you guys have to, have to leave. You understand? Oh, right. So I'm asking you to leave, so hopefully Let's... you'll understand. This just but you won't me. leave, right, Ganji? No. No, that, that, that's not no. what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. What is that, Ganji? No. There's no agreement between him or the building. He doesn't have a lease. He doesn't have a lease. We don't have a lease. We're working out. The difference out. is you, you, you agree to abide by John's rules. Yes. Right. And you're not doing it. No, we are doing it. So then leave. Yeah. No. When are you leaving? <laughs> when we find out what's going on. When we find out what's going on, everything will be safe. All right. They're not leaving. No. No, which is, you know, not a chance. No, it's just, just not right. <laughs> not you know what I mean? But they're like squatters, these guys. Yeah. Once they're in, man. That's it. Like no, you can't get them out. Can't get them out like roaches. <laughs> I read an article once that said if you get into an apartment in New York and the landlord wants to throw you out, it's a good 12 months to 18 months till they can actually physically get. But this isn't out. one of those cases. John's right. not a landlord. He's right. just saying I don't want to be roommates with these guys yeah. anymore. Right, but if it takes a landlord that long, how long will it take John? Yeah, no, but it just, it's just, but Gary, you know, there's an agreement made before this whole thing, and it's, and it should be uh, honored. You know, honored. Look, yo, that would be like you having a lease in your name, me and Jedi are living with you, and you're like, okay, I'm leaving, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're not. Yeah. It's like there's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. Really oh, my God. It? That's hilarious. Jeez. <laughs> Joe, at some point we have some downtime. You gotta just watch that whole clip. It's just hilarious. I will definitely watch that. <laughs> so it's just funny that Joe, when, when we were preparing for the show, I told you, I'm like, when I started researching the subject, I had no idea it was like a tenth of the world squats in one way or another. Well, again, there's so many laws on the books, right? It's it's because, uh, and as you say, it goes back a long way. As long as there's been poor people there's been squatters i saw a video on youtube and i don't know if this would be considered squatting i thought it was pretty cool some guy has a storage unit and he got electricity in there a bed and he was oh, living yeah. in his storage unit for like 100 or 200 dollars a month i'm like that's brilliant and you don't look at it the same as you look at some guy taking over your house a lot of people have been doing that Genius. I just, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, it goes back to, I saw some saying it goes back to like the Wild West, like crazy situations, uh, medieval times. Do you get anything else on squatting, Jedi, or anything else? Well, is squatting really the problem, or is it, you know, the home prices and Airbnb, you know, pricing people out and that they're just like, screw it, you know? I'm just not going to do it anymore. Um, I saw a case, Jedi, of a guy who rented an Airbnb, put an addition on to the house while he was staying there. What? Yeah. Had like a, a an apartment suite built off the side of it, and he started Airbnb being that and making the money to pay for his. <laughs> And it, yeah, yeah. Is it not crazy? I mean, again, like the audacity to be like, you know what I'm going to do? Put an addition yeah. on this place I'm renting. <laughs> Lease it out and make some dough while I'm here. My God, why waste this space, Todd? Right? <laughs> so you have to have zero cares what people think about you. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, not for nothing. Don't we all know the kind of people, those people that just don't care? You're like, man, that guy's so cool. He's so charismatic. He just doesn't care. That's the kind of guy that does it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, he does yeah. it. And then when he gets busted, he's like, wait, what did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's, right, it's right here in the laws. What do you mean? Right? Well, and that's the other thing. Look, if if you're a smart criminal... And you know what the laws are. And you know what you're allowed to do and what your rights are. You could be president of the United States. Joe, Ted Bundy Bundy could have been a squatter. Yeah. He would have cruised his way, no problem. That's definitely a guy. That's the kind of guy I'm talking about. Yeah, he totally could have squatted. He, He... Right again, his whole methodology about uh, you know, with the cast and stuff. Like, excuse me, dainty hot brunette. Could you help me push my boat in the water? I broke my arm saving children from an orphanage fire. <laughs> and then he's like, boink, back of the yeah. head. Crack him over the head, and she's dead. Yep. <laughs> Imagine having all that charisma and that's what you that's what you do with it. By the way, I want to I it's funny. I was talking to somebody about Todd the other day. Somebody who likes Todd. <laughs> but I can't say. Can't say who it was. But I got to thinking about it and he and I didn't have this conversation, but after we had our exchange, I thought about it and I thought if Todd was a serial killer, and I'm not saying he is and I don't think he is. <laughs> But Todd is living a life where if you found out two years from now that he's been a serial killer since like 1991, be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get it. I see where all that kind of matches. Yeah. All right. Joe, and then I'm like BTK and I'm just just like talking like – you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I tortured her. Like, you know, we just like, no big deal. <laughs> oh, with my me. gosh. Like, absolutely no remorse, like nothing. Like, oh, yeah, that girl, huh? what do you do with her? Oh, yeah, that girl I broke in her house. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, that that gives you the chills, Joe. Listen to BTK, how he's just well, like a dad and a family man. You know, I produce a, a bunch of true crime podcasts, and one of them is called um, Crimes and Consequences. Which is very because you guys, your folders are next to each other on my desktop when I edit stuff. And I every now and again, I I have to really look at what I'm doing. But it's two women. They're they're lawyers from Michigan and they're there's a lot of serial killer stuff. And it's like then the guy like chopped his baby's head off and ate it. And they're like, oh, my God, why would he do that? And I'm sitting there editing and I'm like, because he's a sociopath. Like, why are you? How are you surprised? It's like when Todd asks about guys getting bit by alligators. Is he all right? No. He'll never. He'll never be all right again. The trauma's all. The, that, 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 the death spin's never going to go away, Todd. You never forget when an alligator puts you in a death spin. But I, it always just makes me laugh. It's like people try to, like, comprehend a sociopath's moves. And it's like, oh... Don't you understand what a sociopath is? You as a normal person, it's things you couldn't fathom. And so rather than even verbalize the, I can't believe he did. It's like, shut up. 
Of course he did that. You know? <laughs> he stuck like a plastic dinosaur in the guy's ass and chopped his head off and drank his blood. Like, why would he do that? Because he's crazy. That's the only reason you would do that. But they do have a bizarre sense of clarity, right? And and uh, conscience. Because didn't Ted Bundy volunteer for the suicide hotline? Yeah, but you know what it is, Jedi? <laughs> well, again... Again, what a what a great place to meet vulnerable people. That's true. Yeah. Somebody That's calls true. up, they're like, I want to kill myself. And you're like, hey, you wanna meet for coffee? Because I've got better <laughs> ideas for you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it's I about manipulating like people. Jedi, like some guy shot and killed someone and then uh he was like shooting, uh, the killer was like at a range shooting and he somehow like a bullet went and hit like the car window or something. So he like sent the guy the money. This guy was like a killer on the run. He sent the guy like the money to fix his window and he sent his son like a Toys R Us gift card. So it's like as much as he's a killer, like they, they for some reason. God, who was that? I remember that story. I'm not sure. I saw it on Dateline or something. Yeah, yeah, God, right? That was such a weird one. And it's like, right? Like, <laughs> no rhyme or reason. But, like, one of the other things about sociopath is they have a weakness for babies and animals. And if you think about, like, a character like Tony Soprano played very well because he had a weird thing about children and uh, about animals. Another show killed. I've never seen. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my god jedi tell me you've seen the sopranos no i've seen Easter. some of it i haven't been wa binge watched god. it god yeah guys have you, you watched sons of anarchy that's my vibe i've watched some of it <laughs> it's okay for joe to watch some of it <laughs> but todd you're talking about the greatest television program in the history of television it's the best written Here's the thing. This is what defines a great TV show. And I think this is the lesson everybody's going to take out of the squatters episode. <laughs> if you're watching a show like the Sopranos, there's 10 seasons. You're in season one. Your heart's pounding because you're like, oh, my God, dude, Tony's Tony Soprano's going to get busted here. There's no way he's getting out of this. And then in a very believable fashion, well-written, he escapes the jeopardy of the week, and you're like, oh, my God. There's shows that I watch where stuff happens, and I'm like, get up. Like, no way. Like, what? A, that, oh, sure, that happened. That's the, You'll never have a moment like that with The Sopranos. The authenticity in the acting and in the way the show is done, and it's so reflective. And I'm, I'm you know, my family's from New York, New Jersey, those are it's it's how the people there really are. They did an amazing portrayal of it, and there's a whole backstory, Todd, that they build up to. And in like season six, a bunch of characters they've been alluding to for years all get out of jail and all join this. Like Steve Buscemi is one of them. A bunch of people join the show. Um, and again, brilliant. It's it's sort of like yeah. Do you guys? Either are you in the Game of Thrones? Yeah. No. All yeah. right, Jedi. So, again, Todd, this weirdo guy, George Martin, 
uh, wrote like a whole bunch of books and made up all sorts of shit, right? He's got like histories of these people that never existed. And there's like monsters and dragons and like a lot of rape, a lot of rape stuff. This guy's a little, little freaky, you know, a lot of rape, <laughs> um, lesbians, you know, all the things that you would think that a weirdo fantasy writer would write, but this guy really in depth, Todd, and they've taken like, like they took one of the books and made a like seven season show out of it. And now they're taking, and they've got another one they're doing. They're just taking this guy's books. And, and like, again, just so well done because he's an insane person. And when you're dealing with the mind of an insane person, uh, you know who else is really good? Is the guy that came up with Scientology. Hubbard? Yeah, yeah L. Ron Hubbard. Another great, the, one of the great fantasy writers of all time. So much so that he took it next level. So, so, Joe, when you talk about um, the greatest, and I apologize to Scientology, <laughs> the greatest, the greatest written show of all time, Sopranos. So, the last episode, how it ended, must have been an amazing ending, right? So, uh, I'll tell you this, right? Lost, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, yeah. Pick a show, Dexter. I've watched them oh, all. Love Dexter. The ending of those shows, while at times a little unsatisfying for me, mm. yeah, it is the creator's vision for the show. I I was mad initially with the way The Sopranos ended, and as I've heard David Chase explain it and say, I already told you what would happen. Um. Uh, they explained it two episodes earlier, him and Bobby Bacala, they talk about it. Uh, they, you don't even hear it. it. Just fades to black. And what, do you draw your own conclusion or something? Well, again, literally Bobby Bacala, uh, who's t Tony's one of Tony's main guys, tells him they're in a boat talking about it just before Bobby gets killed. And, and he says, uh, you probably don't even see it coming. It, it probably just like, fades to black literally what he said to tony and then that happened at the end of the episode it's like tobacco said you don't even see it coming clearly he's dead but that's the other thing doesn't matter it doesn't matter because the other point and i've heard this point made about it is tony's life is over either way he's either going to jail he's getting killed or he's going to be on the run the rest of his life does it matter what happens after that point? So, so that could I, be another reason you cut to black like that. But I thought it was brilliant. I don't have a, uh, the endings of the shows are are what the person like. I I can't. I'm gonna come. I'm, oh, I was so invested, and not not the ending I wanted. I I didn't expect there. I I don't have an expectation for what the end of your show is. You know. I'll just enjoy what I get. Joe, when you told me that your family's from New York and New Jersey, it reminded me of a Brian Regan joke because he went to uh, the comedian. He grew up in Miami, and he said he went to uh, New York for college, and he said, like, the first week, his roommate's like, hey, let's order a pie. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get a pie. He goes, I'll get half pepperoni. He's like, all right, half pepperoni, half pumpkin. Because <laughs> people from <laughs> New York – I had a roommate in college in South Carolina from New York, and when he started saying pie, I was like, what is he talking about? It's like what people call pizza. 
God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's too funny. How's the pizza in Hawaii, Jedi? I, I can't imagine it's good. Wow. A lot of pineapple. <laughs> a lot of pineapple up on that thing. No, I mean, like, coming from where me and Joe are from, like well, Boston, yeah, the I, North I, end, guess, I mean, yeah, you're right. Probably not. <laughs> Joe, like my parents live in Florida nine months of the year, and like they say the same thing. And everyone in Florida says it's like you can't get like a really good pizza compared to. I don't know if that's something with the water here. I don't understand. It just, I guess, pizza and ice cream. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. It is, uh, and you know, listen, living in Connecticut, there's two things that we've we've got down pat: winning national championships in college basketball. Oh my god! And our pizza. The pizza <laughs> is really it's uh, it's second to none. It just is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is the water. Yeah. So Jedi, what's like, what's the thing over there that you would say that is awesome that we probably don't have? Hawaiian food, of course. I love Hawaiian food. And what else? The beaches. All I can think of right now is a pig on a Spitfire. Is that <laughs> well, yeah, what we're talking about? Or I'm trying to think what well, you they, mean they, it's in the food. ground, in the emo in the ground. So it's not a they don't use a Spitfire. Authentic is that they put the pig in the ground with the hot rocks and smoke it like that. So, <laughs> Joe, when I went to Hawaii, my buddy's like, "Don't expect to see like where I live." He, Jedi, do you know what Hilo is? Yeah. Yeah. My friend's like, it's not like you see in magazines where like these like unbelievable, like beautiful Hawaiian women. It was more like Samoan type women there, Jedi. Is that normally what it is? Well, their beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Are you saying there's no beautiful <laughs> No. Joe, I thought it was gonna be everywhere you looked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're coming to Hawaii. <laughs> not the beaches, not the sun. <laughs> you, you, Yo, so I it's true. See, you guys um, come to take our women. Right? Have you, by the way, have you seen this new conspiracy theory thing going around about pictures of people on the beach in the 70s? Like there was no obese people in any pictures from the beach from back in the day. You seen this? No. Yeah. Yeah, I this is like the that. big thing. Yeah, that that you know the fat explosions only happened in like the last forty years, and and prior to that, when you look at people at the beach, everybody's like super buff. Yeah, what yeah, happens? but you know you can't you can't body shame because Hawaiians and Samoans they're built differently. They're you know not necessarily fat. They're just bigger. Yeah, Jedi. I was like expecting everyone to be those leg readers. Is that what they're oh called? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! That's so funny that you used to be one of those Jedi. Were you like super young? When, when was it? Like a long time ago? It was a while ago, yeah. And it was one of my first jobs, so I mean, it was fun. <laughs> so what is it? It's people come off. People come off the plane and stuff, and you put a layer around their neck. Um, I didn't work at the airport. I worked at the hotels where they would go to the luau or their dinner, you know, or the shows. So I worked there, like, you know. Joe, that was the beginning of Jedi's Me Too movement, I'm sure. Yeah. Ah! Right? (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter. You could be walking, a female could be walking down the street and encounter perverts. (laughs) Right, right. They're everywhere. 
Joe, those people getting off a plane or getting to hotels on a vacation about to have fun, they can probably just feel like they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. People feel like that a lot and more and more. Isn't that amazing to you when you see like an article or something or some guy just like gropes a girl in public, a guy who's like a school teacher or has everything to lose. They just feel comfortable enough to do something like that without getting caught. Yeah, yeah I don't get that. That's a sociopath, right? Or yeah. psychopath. Totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jedi, I think that just about does it. Um Check us out on Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond on Clovercrest Media. Contact Joe if you want to start a podcast. I think that's yeah, it. and for those who are wondering why, you know, what coins in the ears in Hawaii is illegal is because before, when United States um, took over Hawaii, they were trying to destroy all the Hawaiian coins they were out there, and now it, a coin in the air symbolizes a drug dealer, so... If you know, <laughs> inquire. Jedi minds, knows a lot know. about that. That's weird. Hmm. <laughs> so, Mark's the end is here, and um, yeah, please subscribe to Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>